No, and I, I, apparently I have a stalker, and I shall shan't mess with him because he has the second biggest ghost Facebook group ever. Ghost, you said. Ghost. You know, the band Ghost that doesn't yeah. even know he exists. Yes. That one. Yes. You dumb fuck, Michael Springer. You you retired from the. Um, where did he work? Oh, oh I blocked uh, her. Okay. Uh, Go ahead, Derek. Oh, uh, I remember because I remember I read it. And I was like, "What?" The Miami, um, oh, Dade County. It. it was something. Dade County was a psychiatrist or psych something like that. Was Do- he was the doctor of psychology at the Miami Dade Monroe Chapter of Florida Psychological Association. Yes, yes. Huh. Ain't no a. There ain't no way he's still practicing. Nope. And B, it's probably not true. But I wasn't like. I was letting him have his fun because I was recording the whole thing. Um, it yeah. started. Where's the creeper in the window? I'm working on it. I can't figure out how to. It, it'll be coming up soon. Um, he went on a rant on somebody about Columbus Day. Mm-hmm. Or the formerly known as in this house, uh, Columbus Day, now known as Indigenous People's Day. Yes. Um, and then used the hard R on this guy. Now, I'm not triggered by the hard R because I've been called that all my life. Sometimes I get still called it by ignorant fucks that can't think of another word for it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, more than you know, sweetheart, more than you know. Um, But uh, people started pointing out what a dickhead this guy was being to a person that was just having a casual conversation with him about why that day should change. He wasn't there wasn't any trolling. There wasn't any insulting well from this gentleman uh and he went right in with the hard arm he <laughs> reticulated yes that's the word uh michael um, <laughs> so everybody pointed it out but he's just deleting messages and i was like okay so i just took a screenshot of his comment and superimposed it Onto a picture of the lead singer of Ghost going, yes, yeah, as that, if yeah. it was presenting this asshole. Yeah, that sent that dude over the edge, over the edge, and you all saw it. It's a minute and thirty nine vid- minute video of um how gay I am. <laughs> I'm gay because I like women's hockey, which doesn't I'm make. Gay- doesn't make you gay. Isn't that the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. The complete you're, you're a loser and gay because you like women's hockey. I'm like, doesn't that make me heterosexual? Yeah, doesn't that make me the opposite? Whatever. Um, you're an idiot. Um, like what else did he I mean he and the funny thing was is he was using all this stuff and also editing out the S word and the F word. He was he was editing out why did I just censor myself? He's editing out shit and fuck. Yeah. Uh, uh, but throwing all this language at me about being gay, I was like, "Boy, if you you only knew." Only knew. And well, um, God, God hates the gays. Yes, God hates the gays. Yep, he, they hate he can, that too. He can bash the gays, but he can't use curse words because the Lord frowns upon swearing. You see what I'm saying? That's how it works. <laughs> that, that's I the. Was, I was just sitting there laughing, going, "I just like." This is fucking hilarious that 
And then I come to find out that he does this all the time and he has 20 screen names and then he forgets and then picks on somebody else. Um, well, you're not bullying me, Michael Springer of Miami Dade, Florida, born from Chica- born in Chicago, Illinois. You dumb fuck. <laughs> um, you can dox me and search for my address. I'll be waiting right here. You I'm, can guess I, if uh, this Virginia guy uh, born in Philadelphia, New Jersey, has a gun or not. I, I had a conversation at work uh, yesterday. They were talking about, I don't understand why it's Columbus Day and it's, it's history and why they want to change it, blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, it's kind of funny. You, you guys want to protect Christopher Columbus, but you don't want your uh, your young grandkids and nieces and nephews to find out how racist their grandparents were to my people. You want to you want to get all that out there. But let's yeah. learn about Columbus. Somebody said something to me. Well, not to me, but I was part of the conversation and it blew my fucking mind. Um, that. I'm quoting this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Black people complain too much about the past. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they got a point there. Uh, yeah. 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 You bastards. Shut up. There's a, and and, there's... and my my counterpoint was is like I'm not gonna get into an argument with you, but I just want to counterpoint by saying I know people whose family members were threatened or had family members hung in trees. Are they complaining too much though? Yes. Yeah. There, okay. There's a there's a funny meme that my brother will send me of Dave Chappelle, and it's like, uh, you know, black people complain, complain too much about Jim Crow and the civil rights. That was so long ago. And then, you know, it shows Dave Chappelle. He goes, you know, bitch, you mean my grandma? Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, like, you mean grandma, you motherfucker? People, they, they like, they tell, they, I hear that stuff, and I go, you know, my grandmother, she's 82. They hung her brother from a tree. You know, she's still here. Like, she's not gone. She's still here to tell us the story. My mom. This just happened. Last yeah, generation, so, dickheads. Like, my parents are in their 60s. They had to be escorted to school when you guys integrated schools. It's not that long ago. I mean, hell, you beat Rodney King up in, in the early 90s. Like, it's, all this stuff isn't that long ago. But, you know. Yeah, we, we complain too much. Um, I wanted to. I I often use this analogy. I hate using it, but um, to people that say that we uh, complain too much, and would ask them if they knew, uh, oh, if they know. And and when I brought this up, everyone knows someone in their lives. Unfortunately, a woman that's been sexually assaulted, uh, molested, mm-hmm. or and or raped. Mm-hmm. And I said, would you tell that person to just get over it because it happened so long ago? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's yeah. yeah. When yeah. when when Obama was voted president, and you know <laughs> we celebrated across the world. Are you I remember, happy now? I remember my grandmother was like in the other room crying, and we're like, "We well, you know what are you crying for, Nana?" And she goes, "You know, you gotta understand, my birth certificate said colored on it when I was born." And she goes, "And now we have a black president. It just shows how far we've come and how far we have to go." But you know, they don't care because you know it's not their it's not their history. Yeah, and of course, American really they that w- hard to write on a piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, but they'll tell you, Derek, that he, he, the reason we elected a black president is why we're in the situation now. That mm-hmm. it's his fault. He's yeah. the one, he's the one that divided our country. All the, yeah, all this divide. Yeah, all of it. It's all his fault. Yes, because everything was fine before Obama. Because before Obama, no one knew how many people were racist. 
or <laughs> hiding their races for eight yeah. years. Yeah, he brought and it up. He brought, he brought it, it all out. So this all is right. his. Yeah. No, it wasn't the guy. Central yeah. Park Five. Mm -mm. Was it Five? Yeah, it was Central Park Five. The exonerated uh, Five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 He didn't call for their heads before hearing any facts or yeah, figures. Yeah. They're like, oh, Donald Trump wasn't a racist until he became president. I'm like, did you no. see the article? <laughs> paper to get those young men, and then his reason was, I'm pretty sure they did something to deserve getting pretty trouble. Pretty sure they did something. Or, or the lawsuit that he lost when he was a real estate quote unquote <laughs> baron, where he wouldn't rent. Oh his, yeah, apart, he wouldn't rent his uh, his uh, location to black people. He wouldn't yes. rent any of his apartments to black people. Or when they had the debates, and every debate he referred to black people as the blacks, like we were a band or something. Like that's like, yeah. where's where's my African American? Where's my African American? There he is. There's a gentleman. Um, I won't dignify by his name, but I've known him. Well, I, I haven't known him in the last two years. By the way, uh, um, Ash, Mike. Well, hold on. Um, Michael says to not steal any thunder here, but my native ancestors may also have a thing or two to say. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you know. No, couldn't be. Get over it. You, we gave you casinos. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't bash. You can't bash Christopher Columbus because it's Italian Heritage Month. So you can't. Fuck talk. that motherfucker <laughs> in his fucking dago ass. How about that? <laughs> Quote unquote on the record. Suck my pepperoni. Okay. <laughs> From a man with a greasy head and a long last name that ends in a vowel, fuck Christopher Columbus, and also being from the Philly area, and Craig will understand this, fuck Frank Rizzo up his ass. <laughs> Frank Rizzo was a piece of shit. Yes. Oh, he was nice to my grandfather. Oh, whoopty fucking <laughs> dude. What color was he? Was he white? Oh, <laughs> Well, I'm surprised. It's like when people go, well, the Irish had it bad when we came to this country, Derek. Yeah, then you came and took it out on my people. Yeah. yeah. Irish, great. Thanks. Italians were persecuted, too. Yeah, and then they ran the fucking cities for 50 years. Did, it, I, did Italians and Irish people have their own water fountains? No. Yeah. No. Did they have their own no. bathrooms? No. Okay, no. so yeah, they no, must have no. really the had it. Don, the Dons had their own bathroom. Yeah, they must have really had it bad then. There's an Irish fucking. There's an Irish guy I work with. He goes, "Do you know where Paddy Wagon came from, Derek?" Oh, shut the oh, fuck! You want to compare words, buddy? I got a big one for you. I was yeah. I got a couple words to compare with Paddy Wagon. <laughs> Let me go down the list. Yeah, some of them are so old. Yeah, I got some for you, buddy. Yeah. Let's What's the one? Go ahead. I was gonna say, let's turn on some old Disney cartoons and see how they depicted us in those these Disney cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> The the deleted scene from Fantasia. Yes. Know? I didn't know that existed until about God, two, three years ago. And it's one of my favorite movies. And it, well, I love I saw it when it got re-released in the 80s. I was I had no idea about mm -hmm. you know, I was a I was a white dude. I didn't know any difference. That's what I mean by growing up and changing and evolving. Where I'm like, oh, that's just not funny, is it? Or even I shouldn't Bugs be saying that word anymore. The old Bugs Bunny cartoons. Yeah, oh. but yeah. there is a uh, Fantasia, and it's one of Kelly's favorite movies. Mm -hmm. And I and I was reading up on it randomly, and it, I was looking at just like shit deleted from Disney and Warner Brothers cartoons, Merry Melodies. 
and it's this pixie or it's a satyr, and one of them is black, and she's of course the servant because you know, yeah, who's you know. through it. Yeah. And I'm I'm like, did you know she goes, Oh yeah, we yeah, yeah, I know about that. Oh boy, yeah. Uh and and there's a reason why, and and I just was gonna bring it up, but that's what uh Michael said in the chat. Come on, let's go watch Song of the South. <laughs> it's funny. I saw that I saw that in the theater. Go ahead, D. No, I would say it's funny. My brother is <laughs> okay. My, brother, my brother's eight years older than me, and I remember watching Dumbo and the crows in Dumbo, and I remember oh. he just <laughs> One day to young Derek, he goes, Derek, who talks like that? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, have you ever met anybody who speaks like that? And I was like, no. And he goes, all right, just think about it. And I just thought, I was like, huh. And then a couple of years later, I was like, holy shit. They would show us that in, in school. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Well, I'm yeah. trying to find a humorous way to uh, reward this for the episode. Not the title, but the description. Because I can't say, uh, say it says talking racism and I wanted to write, but not enough people know me that it would be tongue in cheek. Uh, the blacks ask for enough. Um, so I'm trying to I need you two to find a funny way to put that where I won't get shot. I mean, if you want to tie it into wrestling uh, on one of the yes. biggest nights of the year last night, uh, AEW took their one black star that they're pushing and they have some drive job out. So, I mean, if you want to tie it into my man Swerve uh, being beat and probably the biggest match he's had in AEW so far, you know. Yeah. And, and if we're staying on the anti-Semitic uh, realm, the, uh, the, um, what they did with MJF. Oh, what were the, they thinking? Who course. thought that was a good idea? Uh, MJF, he signed off on it, obviously. He's been um, doing the role of quarters thing with MJF on the indie circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, but nobody read that, went through it, and went. Maybe not now. <laughs> like maybe this isn't the time. Mm, this just happened yesterday. Can we? Uh. So, um, so I I wrote it talking racism and jobbing out the one black star you have. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. Well, Hobbs did beat up Jericho, but it, I don't think it, it doesn't even itself out. Yeah, no. it was, and it was a squash. Yeah, um, but yeah, again, that doesn't uh, even anything. Yeah, because else. that that absolutely sounds like something a white guy would say on your Twitter reply, going, "Yeah, well, Hobbs beat up Jericho. Yeah, yeah. Well, where's Jericho's <laughs> wife on January sixth, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> I got lines for all of them. Oh, I got Jericho. There we go. Um, God, this is this has been. Meanwhile, five minutes of talking yeah. that shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, a bunch I mean, of shit happened. Uh, <laughs> yes, last night, in fact, that apparently didn't get ratings for shit. Uh, well, as far as the ratings go, um, the uh, NXT show did uh, close to a million, mm -hmm. uh, nine hundred thirty-six thousand. While the um, uh, AEW show did about um, was it four hundred thousand, six hundred thousand? What? It was like six. Yeah. Yeah, they were they got they were beaten handily. Um they got six hundred and thirty six thousand. No. Fucking kidding me. No. Yeah. And uh NXT <laughs> we're talking about uh AEW jobbing out their black stars. Their NXT uh main event featured um with a their black NXT champion. Yeah, and and it ended with him being uh, you know, in the ring raising his hands with the Undertaker. Yes. What? What a night and day thing there. Yes. <laughs> a tale of two companies. 
considering who the taker is. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 Like, just, I mean, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm processing this. So the American badass taker came back. Mm-hmm. And he didn't come out to You're Gonna Pay, which is arguably a better song. It's not arguably, it is. Kid but he came song. out to the for the Kid Rock song, which sucks yep. ass. So bad. So terrible. And then raised the black dude's hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After he knocked out Rick Steiner's son. And we know with Rick Steiner, <laughs> we know how his mind works nowadays. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> I... I, what a, what I a time! Even, wow, I you two break this down. I what a, what a time I, to be alive, huh? Holy yeah, fucking uh, shit! Yeah, AEW, um, NXT got a nine hundred twenty-one thousand, uh, and uh, AEW did six hundred thousand, um, in their uh, head-to-head matchup, um, that I didn't see as NXT loading their card to kind of crush AEW because. Uh, NXT has been on Tuesday nights for yes. quite a while. It's mm-hmm. AEW that was going to um, on Tuesday because of the baseball uh, playoffs. Yeah. So it was, if anything, it was just NXT uh, protecting their turf. And what sets them apart is uh, WWE can send their big stars down to AEW to NXT whenever they want mm-hmm. uh, to. So they don't need to do it for a ratings grab or anything. They always. I mean, Becky's been coming down. Uh, Dominic Mysterio uh, is coming down to NXT. Uh, so um, there wasn't, it, it wasn't a swipe. I didn't see it as a shot at AEW. And if it was, uh, why wouldn't AEW, if that's the way AEW counter programs with the, the shit they put on last night, that's what you wanted to, to grab ratings with? Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of Swerve and Daniel Bryan. I want to put them on first. No. Yeah. Um, if you want to, to break, why no. wouldn't you have your world champion come out first? Um, even if to, to do that horrible angle with, uh, with juice uh, Robinson. Um, but why wouldn't you put your best foot forward and put your major stars on or put it or bring edge out first? Yeah. Instead of saying, Oh, he's going to, he's going to wrestle tonight. Okay. Put him on first then. It was, it was so funny because I had both of them on, and AEW had the overrun. So Tamara came in the room, and she was looking. She goes, "Oh, is that Edge?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she goes, "Is he fighting a a giant dinosaur?" And she was like, "What is going on here?" And I had to explain who Luchasaurus was. But and and not for nothing, lost in all this, I believe the NXT from last week got a higher rating than the AEW did last week in their regular time slot. Um and law lo- and people are forgetting that they're looking for a TV deal too. So th- they're loading up these shows to find a home for for NXT. And for all the talking that you know Tony Khan did on on Twitter yesterday and calling Shawn Michaels and Triple H bald motherfuckers and throwing shots at Vince McMahon and all okay, this cokehead. Yeah and and for him to just go quietly into the night. You know, then he goes, oh, uh, I think I saw this morning. He was like, you know, people think Shawn Michaels going to win Booker of the Year. And, you know, not after the show I watched last night. And I'm like, well, who really cares about winning a wrestling? You ain't going to work win Booker to your motherfucker. (laughs) I was about to say, you're not going to get it, sir. 
And um, I remember I was on this show two weeks ago. I said, you know, um, WWE signed, they signed Brian Pillman Jr. And they signed Jay Cardgill, who were both in their early 30s. And, you know, Tony Khan got Edge, who's going to be 50. And I remember I said, I've seen this story before. And then Dave Meltzer comes out and he goes, you know, this is very reminiscent of 95, 96 WCW, WWF, where they're signing all the old guys and WWE just going to take all the young people and build them up. Um, and then you look at their biggest show and it ended with Christian and Edge as the focal point, you know, of the show. Yeah. So, you know, it proves my point. It does prove your point because uh, when the influx of all the older guys came to WCW, Hogan, Savage, Brutus Beefcake for a lesser turn, uh, Honky Tonk Man, Greg Valentine. Much lesser. And meanwhile, uh, going to WWE, Steve Austin, Mick yep. Foley, yep. Yeah, Scott Hall, um, they all found glory. Uh, Mark Hallis, yeah, uh, changed his name. Thankfully, didn't come out of an egg, but uh, they all had uh, a fucking stupid idea. Hall of Fame careers leaving yeah, WCW, right. and the yeah, thing that... is, the 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 ironic thing is, Derek was that Hogan and Savage left because Vince thought they were too old. Yeah, he wanted to make Savage a commentator, and Savage like I can still go. Um, yeah, I don't want to be a commentator, brother. Yeah, and he and Vince had already thought that Hogan had lost his luster, and you know, was ready for him to leave anyway. But he thought those guys were too old, um, and those guys thought obviously they think they still had something left. They come to WCW, they job all the young guys out, and oh, they come over to WWE, no, with no guarantees. I mean, we all we WCW fans knew how great Steve Austin was back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I said he's gonna go to WWF and they're gonna ruin him. And so they're gonna give him a stupid gimmick. I said this before he even got there. They're gonna give him a stupid gimmick, mm-hmm. and they're gonna job him out. And this guy, you know, is probably the most talented guy on the roster. They gave him a stupid gimmick. Oh. Um, gave even Ted DiBiase as his manager, which isn't a bad thing, but um, his gimmick was still stupid. It's still stupid. Yeah, same thing with Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. Call him Mason the Mutilator. No, wait, we'll call him Mankind. That's better. Much better. And an underrated thing with Steve Austin, you know, everybody always points to, you know, the Austin 316 at the King of the Ring. But I think he really shined when they put him in the ring with uh, Savio Vega, like right when he was breaking off from Ted DiBiase. Yeah. And they had all those great matches that kind of led up to the Austin 316 thing. And yeah. an underrated move that Vince did, and I'm not a Vince fan, but it showed you his mindset set compared to WCW was he, um, he signed that liar, Mark Merrow, who everybody knows I have a vendetta again. <laughs> a little beef oh, with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he looked at his I wife. I think that's more of a... Derek, usually I side with you, but I think that's more of an issue because even as I was a kid, I was going... Look, look I admit it. I thought... To the point I thought where... the same thing, Derek. I thought the same yeah. thing. You're not... To the we're, point we're, where we're I thought cool. was the man with a bad tan. You know, I'm sorry, Darren. If you yeah. I listened to that man <laughs> talk, and I was like, mm-mm. No, yeah. but, but finish your point. He, um, yeah, yeah. sorry, Derek. Sorry I was gonna that. say the, the genius of Vince then was Mark Merrill walks in with his wife and he goes, Holy smokes, you know, we can put her on TV and she yeah, can make yeah, it. that was genius. And, you know, he was in WCW and I'm pretty sure Sable was his wife and they had him with you know, Kimberly, Kimberly Page. Page, yeah, you know, which is nothing against her, but 
the man had his own wife at home who could have made you money. So it's just, it's a bunch of mishaps that are happening. Um, you know, there, there were talks that, you know, Ricky Starks is going to be the next guy to leave um, when his contract's up to go to WWF. And if I'm Ricky Starks, yeah, I go. Because mm-hmm. nothing's going to... I'm. He, they put the tag team titles on him, and it wasn't even Tony Khan's idea. It was FTR's idea. So that just shows you how the man's thinking. And if I'm if I'm Ricky, I'm calling Cody, and I'm going, hey, keep a spot for me, buddy. I'll, I'll see you in a couple of months. Yeah, well, you, you remember Ricky was there when Cody went at WrestleMania. He was yeah. with uh, Ricky there. And I... I don't, and Ricky's not going to be the only one to go because uh, even though he, he's made no secret of it, the bidding war of 2024, uh, MJF would be stupid not yeah. to go to WWE. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. With, with, with what he can do on the mic. And I, I think the news that, you know, Endeavor fully backs Triple H as the creative guy, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to take them right back to where they were last year when Vince retired and everybody's going to want to work with Triple H again. Yeah. And he knows what's best for business. Um, speaking on that vein, and people coming, uh, people leaving AEW, with Triple H being in charge, is it his call to bring back CM Punk? Because I'm, he sees dollar signs. I'm sure he would put any personal animosity aside. Yeah, and I, I think the whole you know WWE doesn't want to sign him. There, I think that's just a smokescreen because this would be the biggest FU to Tony Khan that they could do. I thought Cody would be the biggest FU, but if you could still punk who they treated like their savior. Mm-hmm. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. I saw an, I, I read an interview with Tony Khan today where he was like, he's never felt in much danger as he did when punk had his little incident with Jack Perry. And if I was triple H, I'd sign punk. I'd have him mock Tony Khan on my TV. I would do whatever I could and just, yeah. Stick, give them the middle finger because, uh, as we said before, when I was on here before, they uh, they screwed the pooch on <laughs> on that whole CM Punk thing from the beginning. They they just ruined it. Yeah, uh, Survivor Series in Chicago. I mean, yep. that's a gimme. Yep, that that's a gimme. Um, what's the um? That's what? the what's the over under on you think this is actually happening? Do you really think? Because I know Triple I I happen to think. Without Vince there, mm-hmm. I 100% without any reservation, without question, believe that Triple H can patch that up and get CM Punk back in there. I mean, we were a step away. I know they're talking about, well, he was just on that, whatever that program was on Fox, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, that's not the point. It was that close. Mm-hmm. And I think without Vince in the picture, I think that is a much easier bridge to rebuild and repair than when Vince was there. So I I think it's happening. Yeah, I mean, I do too. Bruno came back. Warrior came back. Brett came Hart back. Came back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know. And those yeah. are all with Vince there. Yeah, Hogan I, came back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think they can. Um. I think they can patch it up. And I think if they did, they would fully maximize Punk. Um, Because you remember when Punk came back, everybody was like, oh, he can have these matches with, you know, Omega and Danielson and this and that. And he was in the ring with, you know, no offense, but they put him in the ring with like Darby Allen and all these other guys. Nonsense. I think if he came back, I think they would would put him in the ring with Seth. They would put him in the ring with Roman. Roman, who's been open about 
if it's if it makes money and it makes sense, he'd work with him. You put him in there with Roman. You do as many big money matches you can get before you know you put the guy in the Hall of Fame and he rides off into the sunset. The way I see it, Derek, I think it's going to be if they follow through with the proposed plan of Rock and Roman. I think you put Punk with Cody. Oh, and yeah, and that's I, one. I think that. Oh I think that. My God, I think that's the big money matchup. Um, or you can have Punk win the Royal Rumble, and um, have a uh, Cody versus uh Roman at. Cody wins a title at Rumble, WrestleMania night one is Roman versus Rock with no belt on the line. So, uh, and night two, Cody versus Punk for the title. That's yeah. just me being fantasy poker. That's that's money. And if it's one thing about Triple H, he um he seems to know how to how to make money with these guys. Um, yeah, he just you do everything with Punk that Tony Khan didn't do. And Punk's going to be willing to play ball because if he messes up in WWE again, is is he going to go to Impact? Like that was the scariest he ever watched. Here's here's the thing, Derek, on everyone, and I've noticed this on social media. Punk never had a single backstage issue or backstage fight or scuffle with anyone at WWE. Anything. So, like, he's going to go to WD. He's like, well, if he goes to WWE, he's going to get his ass kicked. He never got in no fight with anyone. Yeah. And yeah, backstage, no. it was a big And he, he tried. He I'm working with children. They yeah. Remember, they came into his dressing room after yeah, he, he called them out after the post-media scrum. Jack Russell Terrier um, Perry was being a dick. Um, yeah. Jack and, Russell Terrier. And, and yeah. Punk got his face. You got a problem with me? He goes, yeah, I, I believe I do. Said, okay, well, here we go. Yeah, yeah, so okay, let's let's have a chat, boy. Yeah, yeah. So everybody. He, so no, Paul just... doesn't have a problem with anybody. He never had a problem with anyone in in WWE uh, because the company was more was more good to him than bad. He was just pissed off about the booking, like anyone else would. There should have been a Punk Daniel Bryan WrestleMania match that never happened. That was set up tailor made, but Rock comes back, and now oh, we got to change everything. Yeah. And and I think people get lost when he did the whole Colt Cabana interview. He said, you know, I didn't want to quit. I just walked out. They fired me. I didn't say I'm never coming back. He goes, mm-hmm. they, they fired me. Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing with Edge. Derek, I think Edge gets this out of his system. He finished his career with Uncle Jay. Two years he goes back to WWE. Yeah. yeah. And or he does this or he does this thing where he actually retired. That would be great because yeah. I still don't I know just... why. <clears throat> Go ahead. Go ahead. Why, he's using, why he's using the spear with his neck the way it is. I still don't know why he's using that that maneuver. That's how he got it fucked up in the first place. Yeah. And I, I saw where Nash Nash said, you know, he goes, I legitimately worry about Edge's health wrestling those guys. He goes, nobody's safe. He goes on the same show that Edge debuted. Darby Allen told Christian to slam him off the ring, off to the steel step. Like, this is the company you're working for. Yeah. Mm-mm. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, um, before I ask the last AEW question, uh, I just wanted to add this because Ash brought it up and I thought I even popped for this moment. The Ava Bloodline tease. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I was looking too much into this, but I was like, holy shit. 
They please. put it on. They put it on TV for a reason. Mm-hmm. Please, please, I'm begging you. I don't care. <laughs> I've been, I've said this before, and I will say it a thousand times. I don't give a damn if the bloodline runs for twelve more years and they just no. interchange members. I yes. goddamn love it. I want Paul out in a wheelchair talking shit <laughs> when he can't walk anymore. I I need I love that faction and i want it to go the distance even the horsemen started having tiffs and switching out members i want this to go forever until there's no more blood to fill in it yeah because please now now you have a way for rock to come because it's like okay you messed with my daughter like on top of the whole tribal chief thing you you brought my daughter into this and didn't didn't clue me in and like you said, it can go on forever because there's so many of them. You can you can bring in Jacob Fatu, who I think is awesome. You can bring him in. You know, Omaga's son is training. Judging by his 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 family, he's going to be great in two, three years because that's just how all of them are. It yeah. can just you can just keep going. I honestly thought, D, that uh Jacob Fatu should have had the solo role. Yes. I think he's definitely yeah. he's a badass and he can he can pull it off because he legitimately is. Yeah, uh, I think he's scared off because of his criminal background, which is kind of uh, hypocrisy. Given the mm-hmm. I was going to say, background. interesting. Yeah, but I, but I, that's the only reason to stay away from that. They've stayed away from Jacob Fett too. Having said that, now that Triple H mm-hmm. is in charge, seeing a Jacob Fett too now doesn't seem that far, uh, not that outlandish because yeah. he definitely would be a great part of the bloodline. Yeah, I like what they're doing. I also liked um, another thing they did. I like that they took Brian Pillman Jr. and actually gave him like a character and a story instead of just having him out there in a Letterman jacket. Like they gave you a reason to care about him. But and more importantly, D, they gave him a reason. They gave him a reason to change his name. One of the things I hate the most about WWE, they'll take somebody that we know, Rick Steiner's son. Yeah, and dress him up exactly like his dad, and he could he talks like his dad, gets his haircut like his dad, moves like his dad, but we'll give him a stupid ass name. Yeah, but Brian Pillman Jr. says, "I know you know who my dad is, you know what my name is, but I'm not going by that because I don't know that guy. That guy didn't give me shit, so yeah. I'm taking the name of the person who really was my dad." He gave a reason why he's not going by. They never gave a reason why they gave it. It came up with fucking Braun Breaker or even just Ava Rain. Yeah. Why not call her, her her name is Jess the Rock's daughter. Her last yeah. name is Johnson. What's wrong with her name? I yeah. will never understand that. I, I, I loved it. And everybody was like, well, he's changing his name. It's stupid. I'm like, but they gave him a reason. Yes. That, that's it. Like I said, AEW, he was just Brian Pillman's son. And he wore a Letterman jacket. And he did a he had a, a good three-week program with MJF. And then they just completely ruined it. But I, I like what they yeah, they, they dropped the ball, especially after the behind the ring uh episode that aired and he got more eyes on him than ever before. That would have been the great time to push him. You know, you could have given him the same kind of push you gave fucking Orange Cassidy. What was wrong with the why couldn't you have done that? You know, you have something there with the guy. You know, build him up instead of putting him in a t- in a tag team and a job tag team, the varsity blondes. Great name, by the way. Yeah. But you could have gotten something out of Brian Pillman Jr. is my point, other than him being Brian Pillman Jr. 
another great thing they did. I, I love when I watch TV wrestling with Tamara and she points things out because she's a casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you brought up, Cat, when Orange Cassidy beat Ray Phoenix, they yeah. proceeded to run a Hispanic Heritage Month package celebrating <laughs> Hispanic wrestlers. And she was like, "What? Well, that doesn't. Why didn't they run that before the match? Like he, the man yeah. just lost." I was like, "They, they don't, they no, they don't they, know what they're doing." Um. Tell him. Oh, uh, so uh, Michael, wink, wink, not Ash. Uh, by the way, for those watching the stream, you see uh, Michael in the corner, uh, <laughs> right below me. A uh, little, little, uh, little bit of a tease for y'all. Um, uh, tell him his, you tell him his name is stupid. The name that's attributed to his dead sister. Yeah, it, yeah. The whole name has a meaning. Like, yeah. <sighs> What did I miss? No. <laughs> I'm not saying his name is stupid. I'm saying um they gave him a reason why they changed the thing. Yeah. Ron Breaker's name is stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But what's the reference to his dead? Uh, dead what did I miss? His, his name is Lexus King. Oh, Lexus. Never mind. Yes, that he uh, and he said this sh- in his promo. On my name is yeah, yeah. It will. I we make content. And, um. And- the worst thing yeah. about the Braun Breaker thing was that uh, I had saw I saw an interview with him and he goes, you know, right until NXT point oh went on the air, his name was going to be Rex Steiner. So why the hell did you train it from Rex Steiner to Braun Breaker? Or call him Braun Steiner. He's a Steiner. We know who he is. He can't hide it. Know who he is? He sounds like who he is. Yeah, but he sounds like him. He can't help like, it. Why I'm go the badass in this company? But why would go through the trouble of of saying, okay, we're gonna change your name, but then dress him, shave his head, do everything exactly like his dad? His dad. So okay, we yeah, we don't want to have you have any connection with Rick, with uh, with your father, except you're gonna dress like him. You're gonna you you already talk like him. You sound just yeah. like him. Yeah, and you're gonna do all of the same maneuvers. You know, if even not better. Good thing coming out of this, Paul Heyman in his corner. That's. That can be oh, yeah. Paul's Brock Lesnar going forward. Yeah. That's your that's your future world champion right there. When he was hyping him up, it just it just it gelled. To, it looked natural when he was hyping him up in the locker room. It just it just fit. Yes, he definitely can fit. Get rid of that stupid name, and um, you can have something. Speaking of uh, wrestlers with famous fathers, we talked about Brian Pillman Jr. and Braun Breaker. Derek, I know I sent it to you. Dan, but did you see the trailer for Iron Claw? Yes, I watched it when I was at work, and um, it, it's um, it, holy shit! You can, I don't like going to movies where I know I'm gonna probably cry, mm-hmm. but just knowing the story, even when they showed the happy times, it's like, oh, you know how the story's gonna end, you know, and you know that Fritz was a dick to these poor guys, and blah, blah, and it's just like, oh, and it. It looked like it's going to be amazing, though. I'm, I'm glad they finally did a wrestling movie. This was probably the first one since The Wrestler, where you can tell legit people put it together and it's going to be good. Yeah, the the stunning visuals. Um, they got they got the casting right. When I saw the guy, when I saw the Freebirds, yeah, wow, yeah, they, well, and all that, and and you know, MJF is in it too, and even the guy yeah. they got playing Ric Flair, I just like. Wow, it, it I that's all I kept saying was was wow. Um, I, I like you said, it's like a Titanic movie. We know it's gonna end, right? I mean, it, there's, there's, it's not a feel good movie, um, but 
yeah, for the the cinematography, the uh, yeah, I'm I was I was blown away the fact that the story was being told. You know, we we've seen that we've remarked on this podcast many times about both documentaries about the heroes of world class and about uh, the Von Erich dynasty. It's a story that we've said for decades, man, it can make a movie out of this. Uh, and what they've done it and they've got uh, an A-list cast uh, in it. And, you know, yeah, that's uh, it's going in a direction. I didn't think I, I like the way they're framing the story just on the basics. I, I'm at first I was like, I don't know if I want to see this. And it's not because I'm like, who's going to suck? I was just. I don't know if I want to do that again I, you know that that documentary heroes of world class is, is all i needed yeah and then you see the trailer and i'm like oh okay. and it's it's like they even pick like the, the snippets of the dialogue like you, you hear them go you know you know the mother's talking to david and i thought to myself oh well you know how how the david story ends and then you hear kevin going mom you know dad's too hard on us can you say something you got to protect us and she's like that's what you have your brothers for and it's like oh well he's gonna be yeah. the last one left oh and, my yeah oh and they're just about, they're talking about carrie's motorcycle accident and then you hear somebody yelling like you're supposed to protect your brothers you're supposed to protect and i was just like oh it's gonna be so much even the clip of 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 fritz Holt McEnany, who I love and everything, say, you know, I have my favorites. It's, it goes David, you, and Carrie, and it's like, well, who, what, what father yeah. said that to his son? Yeah, and you go, it can always change. I was like, oh yeah. my god, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be a hard watch, yeah. hard watch. But uh, but it it looked great, and again, I love the cast. Um, I've never been a Zac Efron fan, but I, you know, I was sharing with you guys over the past year. The stills of him obviously get, getting in shape for this, yeah, and uh, and playing Kevin, you know, it's got to be the hardest, you know, role. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Allen White, obviously from from um, the Bear, but um, and that's probably the biggest acting job having a uh, five foot eight uh, guy <laughs> looking like a six foot two buff Carrie Von Eric, but yeah. visually, I mean, he. he it's movie magic. Yeah, they nailed it. Yeah. It's um it's gonna be good. I'm 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 excited for it. And I I saw where uh Marshall Von Eric, one of Kevin's kids, he mm -hmm. was like, I didn't think they were gonna do a good job, but it looks amazing and blah 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 blah. And I've always applauded Kevin for the way he's you know, he's his boys are in the wrestling business and he's he's kept them away from the big companies and he's letting them yeah. stay in that they're ready. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, people going, oh, they should go to AEW. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kevin trusts the big company with his kids. He doesn't trust, you know. Yeah. A and and Marshall and Ross, we were just talking about age. They're they're both, I think, late 30s, early 40s. So I, I think that the time for them to, to have gone to the big companies, not that they can't now, but they're that they should now. But I think that that train has kind of sailed. Yeah. Um, I don't think and I don't think they needed or wanted it. No, yeah, I just yeah. like just like Kevin didn't. Yeah. Need or, or, no, he didn't or need it. That. He didn't need it, didn't want it. Um, and he still doesn't need him. I mean, he's done the uh, the Hall of Fame and he's done that raw appearance, which was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. I still yeah. love that. I still I still love that moment. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. he's gonna do it. Oh, there it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of those um, guys, they protect their 
you know, you always hear the stories like, you know, I, Bob Orton goes, you know, I did everything in my power to keep Randy out of the business. Um, I remember when Rick Rude went into the Hall of Fame and everybody's like, his son can talk. He looks like a wrestler. He looks good, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, why did he never become a wrestler? He goes, my mom would never I let me. Don't my mom would never let me in the business. Yeah. So, you know, you can always tell those guys who've seen so much, they do whatever they can to keep their kids out of the business. Yeah, and it, it's rare because you see the other kind of kids, Derek, that because their father wasn't around, they wanted to do get in the business to get closer to their dad. Yeah, uh, because like like a, a Brian Christopher did, like um, um, like the 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 Guerreros, and well, the Guerreros and Hearts were different. It's like okay, you're going to be a wrestler. That's it. Period. Yeah. Um, you you have no choice. Uh, but uh, guys like uh, but David San Martino, uh, Reed. Flair, uh, they did it to be closer to their dad. Jake Roberts uh, yeah. did it to be closer to their dads. Yeah, um, even we're talking about the Von Erichs. What I forget his name. There were so many of them. What was the young one? Uh, Chris. He kept. He would always break his bones. Yeah, and he just. Yeah, all, he, had, he had asthma. He, he should not have been yeah. uh, jogging, let alone yeah. wrestling. Yeah, uh, and he had brittle bone. Uh, so you know, he was uh, he was osteo. Uh, he his his bones hadn't calcified, so he broke very easily. He was like a shade, uh, a little denser Mr. Glass, but he's someone that shouldn't have been wrestling anyway. Again, because of his bone, brittle bones, because of his asthma, and he was only 5'4". You yeah. know, um, there were, there wasn't a whole lot he could do in the ring, but uh, because of the intense pressure uh, from his father, uh, from being a Von Erich, from yep. wanting to be closer to his, his brothers, to having to fill a void uh, because of the loss at that point of of um, of David and Mike, um, mm -hmm. he wanted to. Uh, he said, "I have to. I've, yeah. I've got to. I've got to save the family." And no, you don't. Yeah, we we much rather have you. Like I said, I'm 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 very excited for the movie. And when you just look at stills of the brothers together, it's like, damn, they just they just look like wrestlers. They just look yeah. like they think else but wrestle. Mm-hmm. It, it will be. It, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing. I can't say behind the scenes of the 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 movie's depiction of their starting out of their, uh, their rise to. Uh, and I hope this sheds a light on uh, folks. I know a couple of people that saw. It, it's like I don't remember watching. I don't remember the Von Erichs. I said, yeah, there was wrestling before WWF. I mean, the wrestling outside <laughs> of other than WWF. Did you know that? So, it's like, did they just make this up? It's like, no, these are real no, people, and all real, this yeah. happened, and. They were they were the Beatles of the Von Erichs were the Beatles of wrestling because they couldn't go anywhere. And um, I tell um, they closed down uh, Astro World in Texas, which is like the great adventure of, mm -hmm. of Texas. Imagine closing down an entire amusement park. Because yeah, yeah. three guys were there. Yeah. The Von Erichs are and they just descended upon them. Couldn't go anywhere. They were they were wrestling royalty. Yeah, my um, because my son, he he watched the network and he watched the the world class um documentary. So he got into the Von Erics and he was like, "Dad, you know, it's such a tragedy." I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "You know, they lost a brother, you know, when he was like four years old. Like it started from a very early age." I'm like, "Yeah, that whole family, man. It's mm -hmm. it's and how it branched off to the employees and you know all the other wrestlers and and world class. It's just such a sad, heartbreaking story." Yeah, it's one of the big uh, what ifs. It, it really changed the game because, uh, and I always remark David's death is what what 
shook the wrestling world and we never recovered from it because it was reported on every I mean, Vince McMahon told me that David Von Erich died. That was on yeah. WWF television. That was on the AWA TV. <clears throat> Gene Oakland broke the news. It was on all the the, the territories in fl- Florida. They mentioned it in Georgia. They mentioned it, uh, and obviously it was a day of mourning in Texas. But the, yeah, the death of David Von Erich, and this was um, a month into this is three weeks uh, a month after Hulk Hulk Hogan won the uh, championship, yeah. right? Uh, before the expansion, Vince's expansion, uh, that shook wrestling to the core. It was the last time that wrestling was in a, a, a in the last of the territories, but that David's death galvanized the entire wrestling world. Uh, Harley yeah. Race made a speech on TV. Nick Bockwinkle uh, talked about it on um, uh, Stampede. Stu Hart made a. a uh, did an article in the Calgary newsletter about uh, David Von Erich. This sh- shook everything. Had he lived, who knows where world-class NWA would have gone. Um, yeah. they, they could have competed with the WWF at that point in terms of popularity and ratings because their ratings were, you know, through, through the roof in uh, Texas. But yeah, that it, it changed the game. Yeah. My uncle who um loves wrestling, he, he, he's adamant that if, after David died, if Kerry would have kept his nose clean mm-hmm. and wasn't such a screw up, he goes, Kerry would have rivaled Hulk Hogan. He's like, no doubt in my mind. Well, oh, uh, Kerry, Kerry was on the short list, Derek. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Of if yeah. had Hogan, this is another what if, had Hogan stayed in the AWA, if they burn had been smart and put the AWA belt on him, that um the people that the one of the people that that Vince wanted when he wanted to expand was Kerry. It was yeah. between Dusty Rhodes and, and Kerry Von Erich. And uh, Dusty obviously had the, the charisma and the, the interview who could have gotten over. But as far as we're talking the, the MTV era of of wrestling, the rock and wrestling connection, Kerry Von Erich fit that yeah. uh, to a T. Um, yeah. And could have. But Hogan was the right guy at the right time. But but Kerry Von Erich was someone that Vince... Uh, wanted because when he was going through his expansion, he offered to buy world class just like he offered to buy the AWA. And Vernon yeah. Greg told him politely, "No, thank you." And Fritz told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, my my uncle, he gets like he almost gets upset. I got to bring him on his show one day. Like he goes, you know, Hogan and Piper made all that money. You, you mean to tell me Gino and Carrie couldn't make all that money too? And Gino would have been on MTV with the looks and the women. And I'm like, okay, okay, I know, I know. But yeah, he's adamant about Gino and Carrie. I, I would mean, too. He's this, not wrong. He, he's not wrong. Uh, and I, but I think about uh, on the other side, Derek, because of the uh, demons that Gino and yep. Carrie had, um, yeah. it it might have happened sooner. Yeah. They if the if the pressures of world class, which mm-hmm. was a large territory, uh, and even though they're wrestling five nights a week, uh, in WWF they would have been flying five yep. nights a week. They wouldn't be driving. They would be flying, uh, to Chicago, to Miami, to Los Angeles, to Toronto, yep. all in a given week. So their demons might have you know accelerated, uh, to get their uh. Yep. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I but Gino on the WWF, I, I thought Gino on the NWA, he would have been a perfect for part of the four horsemen. Uh he could have been the million dollar man in the WWF. Yep. So yeah, it's a it's a lot of what ifs, but I also think it would have hastened their uh their their leaving because of the, yep. the demons that they had. Ugh. 
I am not. I don't think I'm ready for that movie, man. I Me, I'm, I'm ready for that movie. It's coming out of Christmas, folks. So yeah, right. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, since we're kind of talking about it, you know, Dave Meltzer, you can hold that word as high or low as you like, depending on the day. Yeah, uh, says AEW cold. And my response to that was, is, well, welcome to 2023. Yeah, where have you been, buddy? All in was an exception as far as booking an entire show. And then they threw half of it out the next day by firing. Uh, or the next week or whatever the fuck they fired CM Punk. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where Dave's been, but I feel we've been on this chilly road for a bit. I, I like I watched the show and some of the people who are my favorites, they just don't like where's Andrade? Why isn't Andrade on that show? He, he's a he's a good worker. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a good look. Why is he on the show? Where's Miro? Yeah. Where's Miro at? Where, where, didn't he he beat Hobbs and, and yeah. now Hobbs is the guy that you're pushing for now, because I don't think that's going to last too damn long. You know, um, Athena who I love, why is she on the show that nobody watches in ROH? You know, some, they did a cool vignette with Samoa Joe last week, and where's Joe? Like, uh, uh, I, and I, I, I don't still know. don't know. Yeah, and with Joe, with MJF, he's like, I'm going to take everything from you, MJF, and I'm not going to stop. And then they have one match where Joe loses. And he stops. And he, and he shakes <laughs> his hand, and then he just walks away in the sunset. Like, what happened to taking away everything? That he had, and what, <laughs> where, where'd that go? Um, but yeah, that's a guy who should be on TV every week and should be in the main event picture every week. They, the AEW, um, no, it's it's ludicrous the amount of genuine talent they have. The people mm-hmm. that they push instead of the people that should be pushed because mm-hmm. Tony Khan has a proclivity to one over the other. Why Orange Cassidy is his favorite guy and why he thinks that putting a belt on him or keeping him undefeated and keeping him kicking out of every single thing where he's maybe the size of one of Hobbs's legs um why you couldn't give a push for a guy who looks like Hobbs that you can make a lot of money with or even someone like I how many times have I mentioned how Wardlow was your Goldberg oh. how do you fuck that up yeah he he should be following Ricky Starks out the door when Ricky leaves. Warlow yeah. should be right behind him following him. But Warlow was a guy that's in your company You didn't that you didn't have to break the bank to pay a great deal of, got over by himself, push the guy. Give him the, the undefeated streak he gave Orange Cassidy. Yes. You'd have people standing every time he comes up. And, and if you had to put a title on somebody, why don't you take that? What is it, the international title or whatever? Put it on, put it on Wardlow, and let him crush people. Like when, and this is one of the good things Eric Bischoff did. He put the U.S. title on Goldberg and let Goldberg squash people. And I'm looking at AEW the roster. You have 12 people have belts on that show. Everyone's oh, yeah, got a belt, so they don't. It doesn't mean anything. None of the belts mean nothing. Especially the Ring of Honor. You're holding the Ring of Honor belts of a, of a company that doesn't exist. That, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Mean, the name Ring of Honor means something, but there is no Ring of Honor to, you know, there is no Ring of Honor Federation. 
it was a real bad idea for him to take that on at the same time. I, I, yeah. and I'll say this, I will give him credit and I appreciate um, him wanting to keep what I, whatever the motive I could care less, quite frankly, it's not important. I appreciate him trying, mm-hmm. but he did not need the extra work right now. Nope. I mean, I, this isn't like Bischoff at the heat of or at the rise of the ratings and going, you know, need to start a third show and trying that. You this already, is not, just not a good idea, in my opinion. And my, well, mine too. If you got six hours, if you got three shows on national television, why not use one of them? Or the, your lowest rated one, make that your Ring of Honor show. Yes, might as well. Put all your Ring of Honor people there, and don't have the Twain's meet. Don't have one of the other, you know, or have Collision be your your Ring of Honor show. Or yeah. just have, because now it's like you have one person, you have the same people on every single show. That's why your ratings suck. What made what stuck Collision out was because it was a, it was a wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, obviously, at least when CM Punk was there. Now it's just like uh, it's AEW Dark on Saturday night. And badass, badass has a great point. Yes, AEW signs Billy Starks and sticks her on her Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, like what? And nobody feels <laughs> nobody feels special <laughs> because it, it's just it's so frustrating. Nobody feels special because as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as they sign somebody. They run that person into the ground. They run him into the ground. Edge came out. He did the entrance. It was great. Then he does the promo with 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 Christian. It's like cool. And then he's fighting Luchasaurus. And it's like okay, well I've seen it now. Hey Derek, remember when they were teasing uh, the reunion of the Hardy Boys? Yeah. And then Jeff Hardy comes back for the first time in how many years yeah. on free television? To help yeah. out his brother, and then the next week he's wrestling in an eight man match, where he's going through a table in the in a on the concourse. So now that means nothing. Yeah, yeah. They just they don't allow anybody to become. And like I, I was saying, I don't want Sasha or Mercedes to go there because she'll be a big deal for one or two weeks, and then after that she'll just be another woman on the roster. Yes. And, and, That's you could thank the Booker of the Year for that because yeah. He they don't he Booker of the listen. year, baby. Hey, that's what's important. He doesn't listen to anyone there with any ounce of who's done it before, who knows how to do it. He's surrounded by veterans who know the business inside and out and can teach you, can teach him who to push and who not to push, how to best get the most out of the wrestlers. Every match doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It's so we're in wrestling purgatory right now because on WWE it's nothing but talk and 25 minute entrances and no wrestling. Whereas AEW, it's wrestling that goes on way too long. We don't need 20 minute matches. Everyone doesn't need to have 20 minute matches, especially in a tag team match. It goes through two breaks to that and incredible maneuvers. That look amazing on television, and then they get they they kick out. So you just did all that for now. So what what was the point of that incredible maneuver yeah. to, to yeah. kick out, or the shit that Darby does that should result in a count out that you can yeah. get? Okay, now we, Darby can come back for revenge. Nope, we got to keep going because that wasn't the finish. 
Even yeah. though if he got slammed on the stairs oh. and should be stretchered out, slam on the stairs, stretcher him out. Well, what happened to Darby? We don't know if he's coming back. We don't know who he'll ever, he'll ever be back. Bring him back in a neck brace. You try to end my career. Well, I'm going to end your career. Now you yeah. got something. But no, drop on the stairs. Don't count them out because there are no count outs in AEW. Stay outside for 10 minutes if you want. And then bring him back in the ring. And he's fresh as a daisy because he's going to kick out. Because that's not the finish. And we yet, have to keep and going to the finish. They they don't build anybody like, and and Raw isn't a perfect show. Hmm. But you know what? That's when Raw. I'm looking forward to seeing Bronson Reed versus Gunther. Why? Because they've made Bronson Reed look like a monster the past couple of weeks, and I already know Gunther's a monster. And I want to see what happens when they get in the ring with each other. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It, it take a guy who last time I was on the show we were praising and and Ludwig Kaiser. We were praising this guy should be a star. Triple H takes over. The guy's getting video packages about he's a A plus specimen. Now I care about him. Like it, they're gonna have him and Giovanni. They're gonna fight DIY, and that's gonna be an amazing tag team. Like they make you care about people. Mm-hmm. Whereas AEW, as soon as you start to care about them, they either don't put them on TV or they they have them lose, and you don't care. You, yeah. Jay Uso who went from being Roman's henchman is one of the most over guys in the company now because they gave you a reason to care about him. And AEW, they don't give you a reason to care about anybody. No. I told you, by the way, about Jey Uso. Told you. You did. Yeah. It said yeah, by Wrestle... I'm telling you, they will build that up by WrestleMania. Yeah. Not a problem. I, 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 I'm for it. I'm all for it. I don't and, and, listen. I don't like to tell you I told you so. to, to quote a great man. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy to say I told you so, but if it were the kind of guy to say I told you so, but then I tell you that I told you so, but I'm not that kind of guy. And 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 that Cody guy, he seemed to recover losing to Roman pretty well, right? He seems to be, it doesn't seem like the people's turned on him yet. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Ash. Uh, Michael says. I don't know. Ever since I saw Gunther dancing at his wedding, I just see a big, lovable goof. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, there goes that. Cancel that. Yeah, he'll be Yeet. <laughs> Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. I. You know what? I think it's time. Uh, uh, Derek, if you still have time, if you still have time, that it is time for Craig to, to put on the hand of the professor. Takes down little trip. What time is it? I oh, have history. Oh, the boss. I have about 10 more minutes. The boss just texted. Hurry up. <laughs> okay, no. ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go back in time uh, to where wrestling was wrestling and not sports entertainment. And it was all through all 50 states. And it's my friends, a wrestling historian. I'm, um, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to wish a happy belated birthday to my favorite wrestler uh, at uh, the time. And still one of my, um, he's in my top five uh, favorites and greatest of all time. Hello, Amber. Uh, yes. I love Amber too. Um, happy uh, belated 56th birthday to October 9th to uh, Eddie Guerrero. Hell yes. yes. Uh, the arguably the greatest that's ever put a pair of trunks on. Yes. He's so good. So even uh, as a kid and I would watch him on nitro, he was just, he was so different than everybody else. It's like he's here and everybody else is down here. And I knew nothing about wrestling. So he was just, he stood out so much. Heel, I'm heel Eddie, coffee on myself now, Eric. <laughs> heel Eddie Guerrero in WCW was awesome because 
he would come out with that sneer and every yeah. he would find someone some person that he would just stare at <laughs> and just hold the stare yeah just this walking. one right the yeah yeah like oh yeah. and he just, just... Stare, and they just walk uh obviously uh halloween havoc 96 ray mysterio match um again top five greatest matches of all time um maybe the greatest match in wcw history uh definitely uh still holds up but yeah at the time of his death he was my favorite wrestler um his uh his time i still can't believe we well say deserved. that like yeah cannot right fathom a world like his shit the shit is so fresh that mm-hmm. it might as well still be um he might as still well still be around it just ugh. Yeah, and, and it sucks. It sucks because according to Shawn Michaels, like that mania leading up, you know, before his death, it was supposed to be him and Shawn at Mania, and it's just like, oh, can you imagine? Yeah. Like, oh. Well, thanks yeah. for making me more depressed. Other than that hairline, Shawn. <laughs> thanks a lot, bud. That's why uh, Shawn took on Ray during the Eddie tribute show. Um, yeah. To uh, to do that for um, since he couldn't get it to. Uh, and he he would have been the champion at Survivor Series that year. That was uh, mm-hmm. where he was, where they were headed. Um, when uh, his uh, nephew found him in the bathroom. But yeah, so but happy, believe uh, uh, two thousand five. He's gone again. It's eighteen years. Uh, he's been gone. Oh but. my god! Yeah, my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thanks. Thank never got out of thing. Uh, no, but that was just a belated birthday. But uh, October 10th, uh, <laughs> 1980, was an incredible uh, day in professional wrestling history because 43 years later, it's still uh, a part of professional wrestling because it's 1980. In the Omni in Atlanta, there was a uh, round-robin tournament to declare the new Georgia Tag Team Champions. And it was between the Assassins, Mr. Wrestling 1 and 2, and the Fabulous Freebirds. And the Fabulous Freebirds uh, defeated both the Assassins and Mr. Wrestling 1 and 2 in two different bouts during the course of the evening. And the Freebirds used two different combinations. And when they won the Georgia Tag Team Championship, October 10th, 1980, they petitioned the NWA to enact the Freebird rule that huh? states that any two of the three members of the team can defend the tag team championship at any time. And that rule, the Freebird rule, 43 years later, has been used in any three-man faction that held a tag team with the New Day, uh, mm-hmm. the Jersey Triad, um, and any... The rise of the three man team would not, if there were no free birds, there would be no Wyatt Family Shield, you know, et cetera. But go ahead, that, Dan. that is who educated me on the free bird rule because mm-hmm. the Jersey triad existed. And yes. the first time they came out with the three of them, and I know Derek, well, I know Craig will know this, but I, Derek and I are close to the age. So, you know, he and I were watching it at the same time. When they came out the first time and they were all three of them, and then you were like, well, those two are the champion. What the fuck is Canyon doing here? Yeah. Uh, in the ring. And Mike Tanay explained, and Mike Tanay mm-hmm. and Tony explained the free bird rule. And I was like, yeah. even at that age, I was like, well, hell, I know who that is. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> like yeah. Put two together, like, damn. 
Okay. Uh, but it's uh, like, uh, October 10th, 1980, uh, when the wow. Freebirds won the Georgia, the National Tag Team Championship. And that started their rise to fame because the Freebirds, um, this is October 1980. We already mentioned in a previous uh, wrestling story in August 2nd of 1980, they sold out the Superdome, still holds the record for the largest uh, attendance and the largest paid gate at the Superdome in history. That was in August of 1980. Hogan versus Andre was on the undercard uh, and the Freebirds were in the main event. Michael Hayes versus Junkyard Dog in a dog collar match. Well, Junkyard Dog was blinded, but they drew 30,000 people at the Superdome. Um, and three months later, they were on TBS national television, which was the highest rated cable network in the United States. So coming off the heels of selling at the Superdome, they went straight to Georgia to be on national television. And three months later, they were the Georgia Tag Team Champions along with Buddy Roberts, Michael Hayes, and Terry Gordy, would be arguably the most influential tag team of all time. From Georgia, uh, being the, the most watched tag team on national television, again, on the Superstation, the early days of cable TV. Uh, they were one of the superstars of Superstation. Uh, from their three-year time there to World Class, where they came in as faces and... Soon would turn heel thanks to the Christmas Day uh, cage match door spot heard around the world. Another thing that's been copied 40 years later, yeah. smashing a cage in someone's head again, free birds right at the uh, the epicenter of it uh, from world class um, at Texas Stadium, Superdome, the Cotton Bowl, Comiskey Park against the Road Warriors in their hometown of Chicago. The fabulous Freebirds, uh, depending on who you ask, are the the most influential tag team of this generation. But the three man team that's so popular now, still to this day, um, Imperium, Judgment Day, uh, the Bloodline, um, would not be possible if not for the popularity of Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts. But it started October tenth, nineteen eighty, forty three years ago this week. The Freebird rule was put in effect. And that, it, go ahead. And I was going to say it's funny because, you know, they, they did the whole slam the cage thing. Um, the only thing I've seen close to that in my years of watching the wrestling is when Kurt Henning uh, slammed uh, Ric Flair's head in the cage when he turned on the horseman. And I remember when he did it and they tried to make it like a big deal. And my dad was like, Psh. Hayes did it better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I remember being so like, gobsmacked by that just to hear yeah I'm done already <laughs> and then you see it years later you're like oh well right. yeah they 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 stole the whole yeah the whole the My whole bad. still looked awesome but I'm like yeah okay yeah gotcha. I get it yeah I tried they tried hey hey yeah they said stop it <laughs> they said stop and you know Nash is smiling going hey, we're doing the free bird thing fuck him <laughs> yeah. and then I remember the next night on Nitro they had like Flair on the operating table and he has all the, the markings for the surgery but no facial damage I remember thinking oh man yeah, <laughs> yeah but how, how could you tell he's still Flair always looked that like that yeah like yeah that. waka waka he looked 70 when he was 30 yeah it's yeah, a lot of road that's a lot of mileage on that man you're thinking of Dennis Condry <laughs> Well, what's the difference? 
but the freed birds were they were awesome and yeah. i went back and i watched some of that stuff and my dad was like you know how you can tell they bad i was like how dad he goes because they came out with confederate flags and i still enjoyed watching them wrestle <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay all right yeah. all right fair enough yeah, yeah, I ain't gonna argue with that, dude. They had yeah, stars dude. and bars, and it, it really hurt. Um, watch because I remember reading about the Freebirds in the After magazines, and then finally seeing them on TBS, uh, in that tiny little ring that was like two feet off the uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the stage. But um, again, the ratings were they were more over the the first time you were putting a tag team as your main event, a three man team as your main event in any territory. Um, and that they could go anywhere and they were mobbed and the heat they got in mid South, like I said, they pulled a gun on him. Uh, when oh, you know that story, right, Derek, about them, yeah, pulling yeah. A gun on yeah. uh, yeah, and, but this is real heat these days, <laughs> yeah, 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 because the Freebirds could, could come through the ring through the crowd back yeah. then and in, in, in mid South and in Georgia and in and in Texas, and uh. Yeah, the heat everywhere they went again, and wearing the yeah, wearing a rebel flag as a robe that Michael had, and Terry Gore had a rebel flag on his vest. They were like the Leonard Skinnerd of wrestling. Uh, coming coming into Freebird, one of the first teams. Michael Hayes will tell you they were the first team to come in wearing using music. Um, uh, the may, they may those... have been no, they may have been the first tag team to do it. They were they weren't the first wrestlers to use the. Uh, a theme song, but uh, obviously they were the first to ever use Freebird. That's um, just one of those arguments that I'm letting Michael Hayes have basically because he won't shut up. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you were. Fine. Even, even the dynamic, like, the, the dynamic they had, it's still being stolen to this day where you had the loud mouth, the small mm-hmm. coward, and the big badass. And they, you know, they all hid behind the big scary badass. Like, even yeah. that dynamic to this day, everybody takes it to and what made it so them so freakishly good was the inherent how inherently good it with everything they did. Michael Hayes was just still one of the greatest talkers. And mm-hmm. whenever I make any list of best promos of all time, Michael Hayes is always on that list. Terry Gordy was a prodigy. This was a kid at 15 who was 6'4, 250. He was in the ring with Ernie Ladd when he was yeah. 16 years old. And you couldn't tell because he was just that good and yeah. just that big. So by the time they were in their heyday, selling out, that he was in the ring with Andre the Giant. Terry Gordy was with the Freebirds uh, in Mid South at the River of when he was eighteen years old. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when he died, and they were like, he was like forty three, forty. I was like, he was that young, and they was like, yeah, he did all that as a kid, and I was like, yeah. wow. He but seems again, ancient in wrestling. Yeah, but a guy, yeah. but again, a guy that good. I, I mean, it must be a southern thing. But him, Bobby Eden, never went to wrestling school. Never had any formal training. They were just so naturally gifted at what they did and what made the Freebirds it because they put Buddy Roberts with them because these are two incredibly green guys. Michael was only twenty. You know, Terry was you know was sixteen. Some uh, would argue that Michael's yeah, still green. I agree. <laughs> Uh, he was just the world's, you know, biggest manager because that's why they put Buddy with him because T- Terry was strong with the bull, didn't know his own strength. Michael couldn't wrestle for shit. So Buddy would be the guy that, <laughs> you know, makes up for their shortcomings. He can do the job. 
you know, so you don't pin, you know, the monster and you don't, you know, you keep the loud mouth, uh, you know, at bay. So you just wait to get your, they just want to get your hands on them. So buddy will take the pin, buddy will do all the work, buddy will do the, the hard part. And because buddy was a, a, a part of your two, he was the only guy that can keep up with a couple of 20 somethings. And uh, they were the perfect, they were the perfect uh, trio. And like I said, still the most influential um, maybe of all time because the fact that there's so many three-man teams now in professional wrestling. Um, but if not for them, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a four horsemen. There wouldn't be yeah. NWO. The idea of putting a, a group as your main event um instead of a single wrestler was foreign concept until the Freebirds. And I love watching old videos of uh when Gordy went over to Japan with Steve Williams and they were just dumping everybody on their heads, oh, just God, throwing man. guys around. <laughs> like, yes. That was crazy. It, it was amazing. And, and you know, the strong style, quote unquote, was just tailor made for them. If you ever see a Terry Gordy, Stan Hansen tag team, it's like they're just committing legalized murder because they're just yeah. like not even trying to hide the, yeah. the, the potato shots they're giving them. And just but that's again, that's how Gordy always worked. He was he didn't know his own strength. He was, again, 6'4", 250 when he was fucking 15. Um, the guy was just, and again, the quickest big man in the history of wrestling, because when he found his footing, when he was 21, coming those world, world-class tapes, nobody quicker, no 300-pound man has ever moved as quickly as Terry Gordy. Uh, the snap suplexes, the running clotheslines, even just running the ropes and getting backdropped. I mean, he was just, yeah, the other yeah. three of them. Even uh, I remember when he came to ECW and they said he had been, you know, he was a shell of himself. He was still awesome then. Like, he still stood out from the crowd at ECW. Terry Gordy, a shell of himself, would be AEW world champion right now. Um, yeah. That, yep. that, a guy yep. that good, um, you don't – and, you know, because of the uh, – uh, he he was in a coma. Uh, he had been in a coma. Um, and um, he had a lot of – a short-term memory loss, but you don't forget – to move like that. And yeah, and his time in, in ECW was just a, uh, it was, it was really a treat to see him live again because it was weird. Uh, I saw him in ECW, but I saw him live when they, the first, last, and only time they wrestled in the spectrum. Mm. Um, when they came out with Cindy Lauper and David Wolf yeah. uh, during the rock and wrestling period, it was just to see them live was, uh, in, incredible and see all three of them and just see the two of them and just to see Terry who was uh, a treat. But uh, yeah, they don't. And now I'm looking forward to seeing them on film, even though they'll probably have a short stint. But yeah. you can't tell the story of the Von Erics without talking about the Freebirds. Yeah, you, you can't. And 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 I and and they were just trying to help the Von Erics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. But don't that, you forget that, that haters. Yeah, that was the genius of Gary Hart, who was booking because world class at the time. Was like uh the eight, late nineties early I mean sorry mid nineties WCW. It's where old wrestlers would go to finish out their career, uh because you had guys that were Fritz's age that were Fritz's friends, facing these young Von Erichs. You had Ox Baker, the Spoiler, Mark Lewin in World Class, and they would you know they put Kevin and David and carry over, but Gary Hart said, well, why don't we get some young guys to go up against these these younger superstars who want to give him some young heels. Uh so it was him that brought the free birds along with Gino Hernandez, Chris Adams, and Jimmy Garvin to world class that set it on fire. But 
yeah, the idea of putting young heels with young baby faces. Wow, what a concept. Right. But yeah, thanks to the genius of Gary Hart. Thank you, Gary. Okay, your time your ten minutes is up. Derek. Yes. Let's end the show quickly. Uh Craig, where can people follow you? <laughs> they can follow me on uh, Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram at Craig Lagans and also having Bad Ashes back for the rest of her life. Yes, we we will have uh, next time Badash. Um, as long as I'm not working, we'll step in. Derek's not on social media, so don't look for him. He's the smart one here. Um, uh, I'm the above. What was that? I was going to say, I hope to join you one day, Derek. <laughs> are, are you making any promises for two weeks from now, or we're going to see what we see? Because we're, you know we're on a roll here, man. Um, Yeah, sure. Why not? She's uh... the the, I like boss it. Gotten, the boss has given me the okay. So yeah, I'll be I'll screenshot, be back in two screenshot, weeks. Screenshot, right. screenshot, screenshot. <laughs> and also screenshot. To, to anybody out there, whenever I mention Eddie Guerrero, I like to give people like suggestions. And it's one of it's a hidden gem of his. It's two of them. He had a random match against The Rock on Raw, which was amazing. And he was mad because his daughter had the rock uh picture hanging up on his wall so him and the rock had a great raw match and he also had a match with steve austin i believe it was on raw also where he hit steven steve austin over the head with a beer bottle and they had a match but those two are like hidden classics from eddie that i always tell people to watch it was yeah. right he started to break down a little bit he was he wasn't as big he was still in great shape and those are mm-hmm. two of my eddie guerrero matches i still watch his last match ever with kennedy with the with the yeah. chair spot and he was still good. And they and they yeah. said, oh, he could barely move backstage. But you couldn't tell because once he got in the ring, he, he was still just as good. Yeah, he never lost that. But yes, Dan, I will be back in two weeks. You, you have- <laughs> couldn't think of what I was going to say. Thank you, Derek, for filling <laughs> in the gap there. I froze up. Um, follow me, keeping it on the paper. Uh, and being uh, threatened by a homophobe in my DMs. <laughs> at Dan Law 83 um, and uh, not getting uh, not giving a shit um, you know you can find me just saying uh, uh, talkradio.com, all your podcast apps um, HIAC Talk Radio Network look it up, like it, subscribe listen um, and as uh Michael, not Ash, says, I'll try to get can I'll try not to get canceled in this period. And if she does, we'll have another rant on it. Um, there you go. From us. For Craig, for Derek, who will be returning next week. Like he said, I'm Dan. Keep it on the paper. <laughs> <laughs>